Oh, it's good to be here. We've been here all week. It's been great. You have great weather, but I like snow, so it's all right, though. I know, I know, this Florida girl likes snow. Uh, but, of course, God put me in the mountains of Virginia so I could see a little bit of snow. But anyway, it's good to be here. But y'all may think this is silly when I tell y'all this. But, you know, when I was sitting over there on the front row, I thought about something. I thought about this scripture in Acts 19 where Paul, you know, was, was ministering and the, the anointing went in the claws. In Acts 19, 11, it says, or oh, in verse 10, he continued for two years and ministering and then and God did unusual and extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that handkerchiefs or towels or aprons which had touched his skin were carried away and put upon the sick and their diseases left them and evil spirits came out of them well I was sitting over there on the front row and the Lord just started Reminded me of this scripture. And I just, I, you know, I heard what uh, Pastor Jonathan said about we're still hungry. And we are. I am. I'm, I'm just, sometimes it wanes, just like everybody else. I'll go through seasons or periods of time. But then when I check my spiritual temperature, listen to me, your spiritual temperature it's like the temperature in this building, you know. You, you have to check the spiritual temperature in your life and see, am I hot, am I cold, am I hungry, am I thirsty, am I, you know, che- just check that spiritual temperature in your life every once in a while and see where you are and see if you're wanting to hear the word, especially, uh, and I'll get, I'll get to this, like after a meeting like this, those that came and served, and thank you so much for serving the, the ministers of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm just going to go on this little rabbit trail for a few minutes. Uh, of, off my notes is what I meant. So uh, what happens is, you know, sometimes after that meeting, you just feel a little like, oh, you know. And uh, you're, in the, you're in the presence of God day after day, like meetings like we had, you're serving, you're in the presence of God, we're worshiping God. And then when you go home and life hits you <laughs> in the face, you know, and things that you have to deal with just sort of comes up and you're like, oh. And, th- and you just really, your flesh really just wants to take a rest. And you do need to take a rest. But what I found out is you really need to hear the word Put on a tape, do something to replenish yourself because you've given out. It's like when you work real hard, you know, for a long time, and you need to rest and replenish yourself or you're thirsty, whatever. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So just, I just want to encourage you in that. And the other thing, getting back to this scripture I thought about, I'm, I'm real, some people think I'm maybe real silly about things like this, but I believe there's a residue that remains in the chairs. I believe there's a residue of the anointing of God, the presence of God that remains in the house, remains in the claws, remains in the fabric of the chairs. So if you release your faith for that residue 
of anointing and the glory of God that was here for days and the ministers of God and the people of God. It doesn't say we're better or anything. We're, all, we're at different offices and different uh, places, but we all have an anointing. We all have a calling to do an assignment to do something for God. But I'm telling you, if you'll do that, see, I've done that all my uh, Christian life. I've gone after it like that. Just like that, I go, oh, somebody, a man of God sat in that chair. Oh, I'm going to sit in that chair. I mean, that's me. I'm telling you, that's me. That childlike faith. And I said, oh, they, you know, when I used to work for this one minister, and uh, they'd come home off the road from ministering, uh, I'd, I'd go in and I'd put, her, I'd put his shirts on. Brother Copeland. And I'd go in and I'd take his shirts that he had preached in and I'd just put them on and I'd just rub them all over me, Jonathan. I'd just rub them all over me. Say, I want that anointing. So people, stay hungry. Stay thirsty. Go after it. Go after God. Go after all that God has for you. Go after the, the touch of God, the, the presence of God, the anointing of God, and, and sickness and disease will just have to fall off of you. Oh, well, that was, I wasn't going to preach. That wasn't in my notes, but I don't know. It just stirred up, so that's okay, right? I'm this home. I'm home. You're family. Amen. You know, just talking to you like I would my kids. So just do that and stay hungry for God. Check your spiritual temperature. Praise God. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get over into the message. It's a message that I titled it, I'm Still Standing. But you, there's different titles we could give it. But I thought about how we just need to press in. And when trials and temptations and tests and pressures of life come against us, what are we going to do about it? You know, I, I tell you, I could tell you story after story of things we've walked through, just like you have, just like you may be doing now. But what are you going to do? Are you going to stand on the Word of God, the promises of God? Are you going to just believe God? Or are you just going to quit and get your attitude in, like, I'm, I'm just tired, I'm weary, I'm, no, I can't go on? No, no, no. That's what the enemy wants you to say and do. So the first scripture I want you to look at is John 16. <clears throat> It says, uh, John 16 and verse 33, and I will be using the Amplified, and then we'll read a few scriptures out of the Message Bible. I'll go to that. That's Message uh, paraphrases. Uh, but the first scripture, let's look at John 16 and verse 33 in the Amplified. Praise God. Oh, it's good to be here. The scripture tells us, this is where Jesus has told his disciples he was going, he was going to the Father. He says, but take notice in verse 32, the hour is coming, it's arrived when you will all be dispersed and scattered, every man to his own home, leaving me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. He says, but I have told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation. 
not us, right? And trials and distress and frustration. That word frustration sort of jumped out at me. You feel frustrated. You feel distressed. Be confident. Who's speaking here? Jesus, be confident. Be certain, undaunted. For what did he say? He says, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you. I've conquered it for you. So Jesus said, I tell you these things so that in me you will have peace and com- have peace. Have confidence that I'm working things out for you. Have confidence and have peace that I've conquered the world, the spirit of the world, and what you need to do is just believe me. Believe me. And then if you look over in, in, in chapter 17 and verse 9, that this is the prayer that Jesus prayed to the Father and he prayed for us. He, pray, he went out ahead in the future and he prayed for you and he prayed for me. And this is what he says here. He says, I am praying for them. Who are the them? That's you and me. He said, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them. I've told them when, when they get frustrated, when trials and distress comes against you, he said, be a good cheer because I've overcome the world because I am praying for you. I'm not praying for the world. I'm not praying and requesting for the world, but for those you have given me, Father, that's, we could read it like that, for they belong to you. So who better to pray? Who, who better to stand with us? Amen? So I'm telling you, some people think if they're going through something, they think, oh, I've done something wrong. They're being attacked. Oh, my goodness, I've done something wrong. What's wrong? No, it's not always the case, and most of the time it's not. It's because you've done something right. And it's because the enemy wants to stop you and discourage you and frustrate you. But not today, right? No, we're going to come out of that. We're coming out of that. We've all had situations in our life that we've been tempted to maybe quit or back up. I'm telling you, we're, it, the day is not the day to do that. Amen. Hebrews tells us we can't forsake the assembling of ourselves together much more so as we see the day approaching. Just stay with me, church. And I believe today all that's, that's going to break off of you. If you'll work with me, you know, you know what that means? Give me your faith. Work with me. Give me your faith. So we can bring out of this vessel what God wants to say to you today. Amen? We work together. It's not just Trisha talking to you. But we're working together in this. We're a church working together in this. What is God saying to us today? Don't be discouraged. Don't be, don't be frustrated. No, there's great things ahead. No, now's not the time to quit. You may feel weary and you may feel tired, but come on. What did Pastor Rob say? No, wait upon the Lord. Listen to what God has to say. So Satan has designed these attacks. Listen to me. Satan has designed these attacks to get you to quit. He's designed attacks to get you to quit and get you to be frustrated and get you to be tired and get you to be weary. They're designed for that, to get you to do that. But he wants you to 
to turn, and that Satan wants you to turn your back on God. Say, oh, it's not going to work. Oh, it never works. It, it may work for them, but it's not going to work for you. You know, God loves them, but he doesn't love you. We just sang God's good all the time, and he's good to all. He's good to all. He's good to all. He picked me up out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, and there I'm going to stay. I mean, I tell you, I was in the miry clay. So what does that mean? I was in the dumps. <laughs> I was in the, a hard place. Well, hallelujah. Let's just move right along. So, but and the enemy wants, it, wants you to feel like it's just not worth it. Serving God is just not worth it. It doesn't pay. I'm telling you, it pays. It pays. I've been serving God for 40 years or so. I don't know how long. A long, long time. 40 years. And I'm telling you, it pays. I'm so in love with Jesus. I'm telling you, God is faithful to his word. He can be trusted. God is, you say, yes, it's worth it. So don't say it's not worth it because you give the enemy legal access into your life. Praise God. You know, it's like Job's wife Job, uh, told Job, just curse God and die. Just go ahead and just curse God and die. No, we're not going to curse God and die. And he didn't curse God and die. And because he didn't curse God and die, he got double. He got more than he ever lost. Trust in God. Praise God. So let's just, let's turn over to Philippians 1.12. Praise God. Now this, we're going to read a little bit about Paul after years of having been arrested and beaten and prison, shipwrecked. This is a letter that he writes to the Philippians. This is a letter that he writes. And I thought this was quite interesting. We used this some this week and uh, it, was, it was good, just really, really good. I'm just going to give you some scriptures and we'll go lay a little foundation here with some scriptures. Philippians 1.12. Now this is after Paul's been... Oh, like I said, arrested, beaten, all those things that maybe you've been arrested, maybe you've been beaten. But he says, now, but I want you to know. He said, church, I want you to know. And I'm going to tell you today, church, let's bring it on home. I want you to know. And I want you to be rest assured. Brethren, you're the brethren, the church. I want you to continue to, be, to rest assured Brethren, that what has happened to me, this imprisonment or this sickness or this disease or this loss or this grief or this sorrow or this uh, premature death of a loved one, I want you to know that it has actually served to advance and give renewed impotence or a passion. You're probably having on the board here. It's given me passion. It's given me passion. And I can say that's what it's done for me. It stirred up the passion in me to keep going. The passion in me, the vigor, the drive, the determination is in me. How about you? How about you? 
How, how much determination do you have that I'm going to press on through? I've come too far to quit. I'm not turning back. It served to advance and give a renewed passion, drive. That's what that means, determination to the spreading of the gospel. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. That's what it's done for me. How about you? That's what it did for him. That's what it did for him. I want you to know. So what has happened to you? What has happened in your life? Has it caused you to want to sit down and give up? Or has it caused you to want to press in and press through? Press in. He said, it's given me renewed. I'm renewed. I'm renewed. I'm renewed. And I have passion. You know, there's times in my life I'd get down, you know, like everybody. I go, oh, I'm, you know, and you're tired or something happens and it just sort of throws you off a little bit. And, but you just don't stay there. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. I'm telling you, it's like always I can hear Brother, Brother Jerry Savelle Years and years ago, he preached this. I don't, I don't know. But he'd say, you know, what if God opened your eyes and, and you were, and you quit, you quit or you gave up and he opened your eyes and one more step or one more day, if you'd have just hung in there one more day, one more step, you would have crossed over into what you were believing God for. Your, let's say your breakthrough. You would just step right over. I'm telling you, church, we're going to step right over. We're not going to quit. We're going to step right over. We're not going to be moved off of the promises of God. We're not going to be moved off of what we're believing God for. We're not going to be moved. Make up your mind today and have an attitude. I'm not going to be moved. I'm pressing on to that promise that God has given me for my loved one to be saved, for my children to be delivered, for that sickness and disease to leave my body, for my mind to be restored, for restoration to come to my life, my family. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going for that seed that I've sown. You know, that rich young ruler that gave Je- was walking with Jesus, he said, I just, you know, I want to I follow you and, and be part of your company. And he said, well, he was really rich. He said, well, you know, you just have to sell all you have and give to the poor. And, and that rich young ruler said, no. He said, uh, he was thinking, I, I, you know, I've done all these other things. I've kept the commandments. I've loved and my neighbor. And he said, no. And he was thinking, I can't do that. He saw following Jesus as a loss and not a gain. He saw selling or giving. Listen to me. He saw his giving, the seed of giving, of selling all he had. And it wasn't that God didn't want him to have, Jesus didn't want him to have that. It had him. It had him. So those seeds you've sown. Whatever it is that God has required of you or asked of you, it's so that he can have something better for you and more for you. So where are we? So it's your attitude. I have decided. That's where you win or lose in the attitude, right? We have a choice. You know, we've gone through things in our life that's, we could have quit. We could have given up. We could have stopped. We could have backed up. But no, no. 
You know, we, we, have, we didn't quit tithing. We didn't quit coming to church. We didn't, we didn't quit standing on the Word of God. We didn't quit reading the Word of God. And, and we didn't quit, quit going to meetings. You know, I learned a long time ago, when you have a tragedy in your life, whatever it may be, run to the house of God. Run to God. Run to the things of God. Run to the things of God. Paul said, because of the revelations that God gave me. Remember that, that thorn in the flesh was given to him? I'm not going to go there. That's a whole nother, another message. But, you know, every time you receive a word from God, an advancement in God, you know, the enemy seems to be there to try to make you oh, take the joy out of it. Or, you know, don't let him do that. There, we made advancements in this church for you. There was advancements made for the word church this week. There's been advancements made in the realm of the spirit. We moved some things along. We moved things along to take the city. We moved things along to, to see you come up and rise up and, and be, be the blessing that God wants you to be. Walk in the healing and deliverance God wants you to. We took it for you. Yeah, we, took it, we took ground for you. Come on, just take a step and come on into that ground. Praise God. We move some things along for the church. We move things along for the church. For you, you're the church, right? We move things along. Because every supply making, every person making their supply, making an investment, preaching the word, every time we do that, it advances the kingdom of God. And it moves things along in the kingdom of God. Well, praise God. Let's look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapters. Uh, no, I tell you what, I want to go to Luke 22. First scripture I want to go to. Is this all right? I hope you are receiving. I want you to be encouraged, Word Church. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to keep standing. Because there's, there's, I'm telling you, we're almost to the finish line. I heard us, uh, one of these, someone say the other day, God uses them mildly in prayer. And I heard them say, well, there's nothing else to do, but just we're at the finish line. We're almost, we're almost there for Jesus' return. said, so what do we do? We just keep praying. We just keep standing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Luke 22, verse uh, 31. And this is where, uh, this is Jesus, you know, he had just sat at the table. He told him that uh, he just had, uh, well, let me just start here. Verse 31, Simon, Simon, Peter. He said, listen, listen, listen. He says, Satan has asked excessively that all of you be given up to him, given, given up to him out of the power and keeping of God, that he may sift all of you like grain. But listen, verse 32, and remember what we read in John. Remember what we read in John. But verse 32, he says, but I have prayed. But I have prayed. I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your own faith may not fail. And when you yourselves have turned again, strengthen and establish your brethren. Well, I just sense in my heart, church, that God says, I, your pastors, your prayers, we, you've been prayed for. That's right. 
when the, it, you feel like the enemy's really coming against me. My mind, my body is screaming out. My lack is crying out to me. Well, you've been prayed for. I want you to know Jesus has already gone out ahead and prayed for you. Where is Jesus sitting? At the right hand of the Father. Where are we sitting? We're sitting at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. We rule and we reign, right? So who's going to be doing the praying down here on the earth? We are. Who's our helper? The Holy Spirit's our helper. You're being prayed for. Even now, Jesus has gone out ahead and prayed for you that you will make it. I don't know. Are you getting this? You will make it if you don't quit. I cannot be defeated. What is that? And I will not quit. Hallelujah. I can't sing it. Oh, let's don't try. So he says, but I have prayed especially for you. But when you've been delivered, go out and tell somebody. Help somebody else. I just wanted to give you that scripture. So even Peter. Now, what was Peter's assignment? Think about the upper room. Let's think about the upper room. Who was, it, who, was, who was in the upper room? Peter was in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. Peter was in the upper room. And he was praying in the upper room when the Holy Ghost came like a rushing mighty wind. Peter was in the upper room. And they all left that upper room. They got filled with the power of God. And they were in that upper room. They came out of that upper room. And people said, oh, they're drunk. They're drunk. They're acting like nuts. They're crazy. They're drunk, like they think we are sometimes, you know. They, they must be drunk, you know, because they're heard them speaking in, their own, in different dialects, different languages. So I guess we should go over there maybe. Let's go over to uh, Acts chapter 2. I want you to see this. And then we'll go to 2 Corinthians 6 in the message. Acts chapter 2, just real familiar, but let's just, let's just look at it. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled together in one place. Who, who were the all? It was Peter and John. We'll see that in chapter 1. We know that Peter and John were there. And um, they all, they gathered together in the upper, upper room, and they were all filled throughout their souls. In verse 4, with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues and languages. And, and the Spirit of God kept giving them clear, loud expression in verse 4, in each tongue and appropriate words. But what was in Peter's assignment? So, but Peter in verse 14 in verse 13, they thought they, they, they are simply drunk and full of sweet, intoxicating wine. Verse 14, but Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. You Jews, and he, he began to speak to them. And then in verse, let's just keep going on down. Verse 15, for these men are not drunk, as you imagine, for it is only the third hour, about 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. of the day. But instead of this, this is the beginning of what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And they should come to pass in the last day. God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind, all flesh. Praise God. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, telling for the divine counsels. And your young men shall see visions. And I'll just stop right there. I just wanted to go over there and prove that to you in Scripture. So what was Paul's, uh, Peter's assignment? He had an assignment. Even though he said, you know, uh, you're going to deny me if we go back over of what we were reading, you know, when Jesus said, Satan has, has, has uh, asked to 
to uh, sift you. And Jesus said, I prayed for you. I mean, Jesus said, Satan has asked to uh, sift you, has, wants to sift you. And, and he says, but I'm praying for you. You're going to make it. Even though, if you go on and keep reading, even though when the cock uh, crows, uh, was it three times? He said, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me. Maybe you're sitting here today and you feel like I've denied him at times. I've let God down at times. I've not done what I need to do. I've messed up. I've, I've allowed myself to go back into some sin or some things that have pulled me away. Well, just you're in good company right here with Peter. But Peter, but Jesus prayed for him and he's praying for you and other people are praying for you because right here, he, Peter had an assignment to accomplish to get in that upper room and to go out and be a voice and a mouthpiece to declare of what Joel had said that this, don't, don't, don't be, you know, don't, don't be deceived about what you see. Don't think we're drunk. No, we're filled with the Holy Ghost and power and we're going to go about doing good. Do you follow what I'm saying to you? So you're not the only one that's messed up or wanted to quit. I mean, Judas, you know, that stole from, from Jesus, from the treasure. He went and hung himself. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, my. Well, you don't know. Somebody might be thinking about that. I'm just telling you, Jesus says, don't do that. Don't hang yourself. Don't take your life. Don't be, commit suicide. Don't do that. You hear, my, you hear me? Don't do that. No matter how depressed you may get, run to God and call out on God. Peter denied Jesus. My goodness, right in the face of Jesus. I'm telling you, there's hope for you. There's hope for me. All right, let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I, I've, I've used this about a message about sin at your post, but I, I just want to bring it home to you today. Uh, let's start at, at verse 1 in the Message Bible. Am I in your way? Companions, companions, it says, as we are in this work with you, we beg you, we beg you, please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given you. I'm bringing it to you, personal, given you, given us. It's 2 Corinthians, what did I say? They have it up here, right? 2 Corinthians 6, starting at verse 1 in the message. He says, I heard your call. I'm in the way, right? Oh, okay. I heard your call. I'll get down. I heard your call in the nick of time. I heard your call in the nick of time. The day you needed me, I was there to help. Well, now is the right time to listen, the day to be helped. I'm telling you, today's the day for you to be helped. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late, throwing a question mark over everything we're doing or even you're doing. Our work as God's servants gets validated or not in the details. People are watching us as we stay at our post. That's at your assignment. 
whatever your assignment is, whatever God's asked you to do, serving, giving, ushering, praying, what, a psalmist, music, whatever it may be, preaching the word, in hard times, in tough times, bad times, when we're beaten up, when we're jailed, when we're mobbed, working hard, working late, working without eating, with pure heart, clear head, steady hand, and gentleness, holiness, and honest love, when we're telling the truth and when God's showing his power, when we're doing our best, setting things right, when we're praised and when we're blamed, slandered, and honored, true to our, our word, though dis- distrusted ignored by the world, but recognized by God, terrifically alive, though rumored to be dead, beaten within an inch of our lives, but refusing to die, immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy, living on handouts, yet enriching many, having nothing but having it all. Dear, dear church, Dear, dear church, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Oh, church, listen. I mean, this is a message. You can read it in other translations, but I'm telling you, get, get this today. I, I just really feel like this is the heart of the Father for you today. I really do. Grab hold of it. Don't, uh, don't become partners with those who would reject God? How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. It's light, best friends, and dark. Does Christ go strolling with the devil? No, he doesn't do that, and we're going to stop right there. But what is your assignment? You can finish it, and you can finish strong. Hallelujah. We're going to finish strong. Why? Because Jesus is praying for us. Jesus is praying for us. Other people are praying for us. He says, but I have prayed especially for you, Peter. Is that what he just said? John 17, 9, remember that? Jesus said he's praying for us. Now, Philippians, we could look back at Philippians chapter 1, verse 19 through 20, where Paul, is the prayer Paul began to pray. And there, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we should go there real quick. Praise God. Thank God for an encouraging word. Thank you, Father, for encouraging the church, us this morning, that we can make it and we will finish our race and we will stay strong. Let's look at Philippians 1.19. For, for I am well assured and amplified. I am well assured and indeed know that through your prayers, through your prayers, He was talking to the Philippians. He said, through your prayers, it's because you prayed for me, he said, and a bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my preservation. I'm telling you, things are going to turn out. They're going to turn out right. 
This will turn out for my preservation, for the spiritual health and welfare of my own soul, and avail toward the saving work of the gospel. This is in keeping with my own eager desire and persistent expectation and hope that I shall not disgrace myself or be put to shame in anything but that with the utmost freedom of speech and unfailing courage, now as always heretofore, Christ the Messiah will be magnified. Even though he was in prison, even though he was in chains, he said, I'm telling you, I'm going to preach the gospel. He said, even it, it, he said, Christ the Messiah will be magnified and get glory and praise in this body of mine and be boldly exalted in my person, whether through or through uh, or by life or through or by my death. Praise God. We're standing. We're going to keep standing. We're going to keep standing and believing God. Amen? Let's look at, I think, one last scripture, uh, Isaiah 54. One last scripture. And then I want to, we'll see what God want, wants for us next. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you. Isaiah 54. Now, oh, this is in the message. I want I I you to bring that up in the message. Maybe, was that, I think it's verse 14. I think. We can start at verse 14. I'll have to read it from here because I didn't bring my message. You'll be built solid, grounded in righteousness, far from any trouble, nothing to fear, far from terror. It won't even come close. If anyone attacks you, don't for a moment suppose that I sent them. Don't for a moment think that God sent the trials and tribulations, frustrations, as the first scripture that we read today. And if any should attack, nothing will come of it. I know, we, we know he was talking to Israel, but we know we are the church. We're engrafted in. I create the blacksmith who fires up his forge and makes a weapon designed to kill. I also create the store. But no weapon that can hurt you has ever been forged by me is what he's saying. Not by me. Any accuser who takes you to court will be dismissed as a liar. Somebody in here today? Somebody's trying to take you to court? This is what God's servants can expect. I'll see to it that everything works out for the best. God's decree, buy without money. So, God's not bringing it against you. God's not bringing it against you. God's not bringing it against you. God is good all the time, amen? God is good. Jesus is in the house. There's no doubt. I'm telling you what. And God wants you to be encouraged today. Don't be frustrated. Don't be, you know, down and discouraged. Stand strong. Stand shoulder to shoulder. You know, you've got an assignment to do. You've got something to finish for God. You say, oh, well, you know, I don't know. All I do is just come to church. And just being here, I mean... Just being here helps me. <laughs> you know what? Being here, worshiping God, praising God, 
thanking God, that means something to God. It really does. It really means something to God. It really does mean something to God. Praise God. Let's stand up and we'll see what God wants us to do.